So I think we have one of our special guests. Um, do we have Kira? I saw her pop up a second ago. There she comes. All hey. right. Hello. Hey. Hello. It's gone again. Oh, you're Hi. gone again. Huh? Oh, no, no, I'm here. Okay. There you are. <laughs> See, you got that awesome voiceover booth. All That's right. Nice. Right. So, guys, we're here with actress extraordinaire from Leading to Revelation. We have Kira O'Brien. Thanks for being a part of a Below the Belt show. And, of course, you might recognize a few of the people in the room, including <laughs> 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 director James Berberick and, of course, actor Aaron Angus. Um, I guess we'll get started. I guess we're going to wait for Tim to come on. Um, he should be joining us momentarily. But, uh, first of all, great film, guys. Great effort. Uh, yeah. There's Tim. All right, let's go and introduce him. So now we, now we have here on Below the Belt show... Three of the actors from Leading to Revelation, which will be on Amazon Prime this Friday, August 14th. Let's introduce <laughs> Kira O'Brien and Tim Ross. All right. Hey, guys. How are you? Of course, we have also Aaron Angus, who we introduced earlier in the program, mm -hmm. uh, who is also one of the actors in this film, guys. First of all, um, how do you guys feel about this film being on Amazon? Such a great platform. Um, now the whole uh, world can see your film. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Overall, your experience working on the film, your thoughts. Uh, I... uh, it's always good when there's good news on 20. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I think we have a little connection issue with Tim. Tim is, is Tim frozen on your end? He is on yeah, my yeah, yeah. Okay, yeah, yeah. Yeah. There he okay. is. There he is. You're freezing, Tim. <laughs> oh. There you go. Well, it doesn't feel cold here. <laughs> <laughs> so first of all, everybody excited that this film is going to be on Amazon. Everyone will see your work. Um, phenomenal acting job by all of you. You know, yes. you guys did a great job. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah. Thanks. So, um, Let's just talk about it because this film was shot because a couple of years ago. Mm -hmm. Very and, uh, hard to get this. Yeah. Can you please? Uh, I guess share with us um, some of your uh, fonder uh, uh, experiences, I guess, or uh, of memories of working on this on this project. Uh, I really enjoyed working with James. Uh, I felt that um, the way he laid out the shoot schedule uh, and how everything was executed was extremely efficient. Yes. Tim? Um, Any particular uh, well, first highlights? Of all, uh, it was great to work with Kara again. Uh, we've worked together a few times over the years. Cool. And, uh, I love working in that. And um, James is such a, he's such a determined filmmaker and passionate filmmaker. You don't see that all the time. Uh, so all around, it was a fun experience. How did you feel about some of the topics that you're tackling? Like infidelity, teenage pregnancies. I mean, you're talking about very serious topics, but kind of like yeah. sugar-coated into a faith-based film, I guess. Well, you know, I... I tell people, I do this full time and uh, a lot of my bigger paycheck jobs are pretty boring. So uh, <laughs> it's fun to get stories that you can really sink your teeth into. Um, so they're difficult subjects, but 
they're much more satisfying stories to tell, especially when there's a redemptive quality to it. And of course, getting really slapped hard by Kara is always a highlight. I'm always, <laughs> always looking for projects where she can slap me silly where I can see stars for a few hours. So Kara, Kara, you did not hold back, did you, with that slap? You you laid into Tim. No, no, and I did not. And um, you know, he he we trust each other a great deal as actors and uh um but I think the uh the slap heard around the world was um <laughs> uh he there was one take where he uh he ducked <laughs> and as he tells it uh he said I I saw the look in your eye when you just hauled back, cocked back and, you know, you were coming at me and I knew I had to get out of the way. <laughs> yeah. So you two go uh, way back, yeah? yeah? So were were one of you instrumental in getting the other one aboard of this film? I, I she, I think remember. she networked with me on that one. Yeah. Oh, cool. uh, yeah. I, I, yeah. Somehow. Yeah. <laughs> awesome. Have you played? Yeah, um, that's, I, I live down in North Carolina, so I don't. I didn't know as many people up there, and Kara mm. knows a lot of folks up there, so she was instrumental. Yeah. Awesome. Have you played a couple before since you guys have worked together? Mm-hmm. Oh, okay. Cool. Have, yeah. Oh, okay. We've, so we've we've played couples. We've played brother and sister. Uh, we played husband and wife, boyfriend and girlfriend, brother and sister. We played <laughs> oh, wow. married to two different people, but um, all in a circle of friends kind of okay. thing. Okay. Yeah. So you already have this, uh, I guess, on-screen chemistry of sorts, either in the brotherly, sisterly yeah. kind of way or the uh, romantic kind of way, I guess. Yeah. I think Tim just froze on us again. We're working <laughs> on film. Is... What? Wait, what is happening here? I don't know why I'm freezing. Okay. Um, uh, Aaron, uh, so it's interesting. So you guys have, Aaron, you have a completely different storyline. Absolutely. But it all, all, I guess, culminates together at the end of the film, you know? Mm -hmm. It's kind of cool, because at first I was watching the film, I was like, wow, two distinct storylines. I was waiting for that moment, and... uh, at the end of the film, it all ties into the baptism and then and finding God and things like that. Um, have either has anyone dealt with a faith-based film before? Um, and if, has has anyone maybe dealt with any faith experiences? You know that that might have been relevant in this project. Uh, I mean. Both Tim and I have worked on faith-based films before, yes. Okay. Mm. Am I unfrozen? Yeah, yeah you're unfrozen. Okay. <laughs> okay. Um, I've done um, probably over 20 full-length feature films in the faith-based genre. Wow. wow. I've, dealt, I've dealt with all sorts of themes that really that you can think of. Mm. Um, but, the, but this film was... It was somewhat unique in, in in the stuff we tackled. I haven't tackled that, and I've tackled a abusive father and man trying to help his family and make some bad mistakes along the way, and you know all sorts of different ways of redemption. But th- there were some 
unique uh, themes in this one. I'd say because I, I recall other faith-based films that I've seen, and the, this one has really dark undertones with the subject matter. It seems. It seems like the yeah, other. Yeah, that's actually refreshing to me. Yeah. I, I I am a personal believer that faith-based films should not be reaching to the time. They should actually be reaching. Uh, and to do that, you have to be real. People are real. They make real mistakes. Some of them are dark. Some of them are bad. And you shouldn't shy away from that. And I think some folks in the genre shy away from all of it. You can't kiss another person. You can't get angry and slap another person. You can't say bad words. You can't have a drink. And real people do all of those things, uh, including Christian people. So I appreciate a movie that that just tells the story without pulling too many punches, so to speak. Pardon the pun. Yeah. James, uh, I guess uh, what if you could draw because I, I on any experiences you might have thought of when you're writing these characters, um, because at the end of the credits it said any um, any association with the characters is purely coincidental. Right. But um, I'm I'm wondering if there's any tie-ins to actual characters or actual experiences that you've experienced. Uh, not really. Uh, the main um, the Pastor Marshall or Minister Marshall, he kind of, I had like teachers and principals that I looked up to that reminded me of him. And that's why he kind of like appears throughout the thing as a a guiding light throughout the story. But I've kind of like had family members that have certain experiences, but I just kind of absorb it and then I can just put it out there. But I haven't personally run into these, but I, I just good at observing and yeah, spewing it out in a script. (laughs) Right on, right on. Um, wow. So let's, uh, guys. I mean, I was just looking at both your IMDb's, Kara and Tim. You guys have a lot of uh, great credits. Um, Tim, uh, let's just talk about if we could pivot into a few other uh, projects you've worked on. I went all the way to your bottom of your uh, IMDb and saw Saved by That's the a Bell. A long way. Yeah. <laughs> it's a long way down. I saw Saved by yeah. the Bell. A uh, skull, Nick. Uh, I wonder how that experience was working with, I guess, the iconic uh, Mario Lopez and uh, Mark Paul Gosselaar, yeah. Berkeley, and uh, that experience in general. Um, yeah, it was it was fine. Honestly, I'm I'm kind of a weird person. I don't watch television really and so i mean uh, i know that TV on a movie or documentary I, I really didn't know anything about the show and, really and, and honestly that was kind of yeah and it was i mean i knew it existed i knew it was popular it was kind of an accidental deal i've been doing fight choreography for almost all of my career as well <laughs> and so when that came around i actually also did the choreography to help to help the actress throw me in certain ways and get me in certain involved um, in that regard. And I've done something I'm so been associated with. And that one was fine, but it, that's the one that sticks all the time. <laughs> well, which um, episode and, and, was it? And, and honestly, and honestly, generations too. I, I was doing an indie film a few years ago, and I come into base camp, and there's all these like 
18-year-old kid sitting around a computer, and I and they start giggling. They're like, we're watching you on Saved by the Bell. I'm like, how do you even know what Saved by the Bell is? <laughs> like, whole new generations watch that show. It's crazy. Well, which episode was it? I <laughs> He's not could telling. not tell you. Is it on the IMDb? I, I, I really couldn't. I, I don't know. I think the, I the episode know. number is on the IMDb, the, yeah. Yeah, it's probably on IMDb. And then it called Hold Me Tight. Yeah, that's yeah. it. Is that? I, th- I believe that's it. Uh, Tachi, if you could pull up. I think that's right. I mean, it's it's really a glorified feature and extra, basically. I mean, I'm the bad guy for a couple of little scenes, and then I, mean, I still get residual payments for it. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Wow. Yeah. It's the episode um, when Christy, a new student, is not allowed to join the wrestling team because of her gender. Zach and Jesse campaign for her to be given a chance. However, Jesse yeah, soon mistakenly becomes convinced that Christy is interested in Slater. <laughs> oh. Uh, I thought she was interested in Skullneck. <laughs> well, speaking of residuals, I really look forward to James paying me for the next 30 years, too. That's awesome. <laughs> <laughs> Just send me, a, send me a, I'll give you my Venmo. Or, 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 <laughs> good Jeff Bezos, Jeff Bezos money there, right? <laughs> <laughs> um, Tim, you've also been a, uh, a part of some really cool TV shows, uh, including Nashville and Hindsight, and one of my favorite shows from back in the day, Vampire Diaries. Which of what can you tell us about your your work on all those shows? Uh, most of those were pretty straightforward, just co-star stuff. Vampire Diaries was probably my favorite because. Ian and Summerholder and I pretty much spent all day. He's a really great guy, and we we hit off right after the first rehearsal. I did something that kind of cracked him up, and he gave me grief about it. We basically just hung out and talked all day, and it's you know it's you learn a lot from someone who's who's been working on that level, and and cool. it was the seventh season, I think. So they were. You know, they were like, a, it was just cool. They were a really good team. And and it was a fun scene because it was, my character was kind of the person running the whole scene. And it was this big uh, headquarter, uh, basically. It was about- we're losing Tim. A hundred yards of forest right outside the window had been spray painted. Oh, sorry, Tim. We keep we, we'd love to hear that story, but I think you keep coming in and out. <laughs> yeah, I don't I don't know why my kids are gaming. Maybe they're taking all the broadband. Band, maybe that is, maybe yeah. It, yeah, that could be the ba- yeah, it could be a bad issue. <laughs> yeah, tell them, tell them all right, well, I'll, I'll punish them. To, they don't care. <laughs> I don't even think they've seen anything actually i think they're on ethernet so i don't, I don't so, so way the, so anyway sorry about that it's but. it's funny tim because the way the 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 slowness the intermittent slowness is coming on on your end sounds like you're kind of slurring your speech like you're on high on some like pill or something that's what it kind of sounds <laughs> no, like no in the least i'm not high at all <laughs> 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 it's just the internet lag i get it mm-hmm. um yes. So that's cool. Ian Sommerhalder, obviously. Um, yeah, that's 
that's so cool. You got to work with him in Vampire Diaries. Um, and then um, tell us a little bit about your work on Hindsight. Okay, so Hindsight was um, the the scene itself was okay. It was fun. It was it was really simple. But um, direct the director was Jonathan Frakes, who was number one in in Star Trek Next Generation. Yes. Mm. Okay. Cool. Right. Well, Jonathan and I have a mutual friend. Uh, Patrick Stewart's son is one of my oldest and best friends, Daniel Stewart. And um, yeah, Dan, Dan and I knew each other and hung out when we both lived in L.A. And we've been friends. I was at his wedding and chatted with his old man. And so Jonathan didn't know that until he cast me. And so then I told him that. And after the shoot, we sat at the bar at the hotel where we were both staying and, and just talked for two and a half hours about the business. Hmm. To hear from someone like that and to sit there and and then at the end of it, he shook my hand and said, um, he said, you're now in my repertory uh, group. You're, you're in my and, I, you know, that's just cool. That's cool to interact with people with that kind of experience. Right. He's a great oh, guy. That's awesome, man. Um, what about Nashville? You played patron number one. <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that was that was interesting because it was a, a scene where I'm bidding for this this item at an auction and it means something to one of the main characters. It was a sentimental item. And, um, the, those kind of experiences are always difficult. Rewarding. There were like a hundred hundreds in the room and it's all fast paced and kind of high pressure. And, and, um, you're always the new guy. So th- those experiences are interesting, but rewarding. Awesome, awesome. Um, Have there been anybody you worked with where you were just real super excited? You're like, I finally got a chance to um, do a scene with this guy or 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 girl. Uh, I I did a actually in a play. I did Cat on a Hot Tin Roof. Um, I don't know if you guys know that show. It's Tennessee Williams is the the Mm, guy. Yeah. Um, Paul Newman starred as Brick in the in the movie, uh, but I did I played Brick in a show, and the guy who played Big Daddy is a man named Pat Hingle. You should okay. look him. He passed away a few years ago, but he was in the original Broadway production. Pat was oh, wow. in seventy five major movies. He was in all of Clint Eastwood's movies Ooh. in the eighties because they were best friends. And Clint, that's awesome. He was Commissioner Gordon in all the first set of Batman movies. Mm. Yes. Mm. That helps yes. you place him. Yeah, so doing a, sh- a play where you're both, you're the only two people on stage for 45 minutes for the, this long scene and just learning from him was really exciting to me. Really awesome. exciting. That is so cool. That's awesome. Yeah. And then How I did you... a movie with, um, with Barry Levinson, who won the Academy Award for Normal People, Ordinary. Mm. He won an Academy Award as a director. Mm. And uh, and that was pretty amazing because there was a script, but he didn't really use it. He just, <laughs> he just kind of about... set up the scenario and said, go. Yeah. Hmm. Kira, I guess, Kira, oh. same question for you. Uh, was there any, any particular... Actor or actress that you were excited to work with, or any director specifically in your career? Um, well, um, probably the most memorable um, was a project that I was never seen on screen for. 
um, that that had the, uh, the probably the biggest impact for me, and that was um, Minority Report. Yes. Oh wow! Yes. Oh wow! Uh, I I only worked a few days on that, but um, you know you're probably familiar with some of the main folks in that. And um, Samantha Morton, yeah. Yeah, and uh, Mr. Mr. Steven. Um, <laughs> But it was a, kind of an odd time for me because um, my childhood best friend had passed away. Mm. And when I got the call to come in, I was actually uh, packing to go home for her funeral. And oh, so wow. I, wasn't, I wasn't really sort of in the frame of mind of, oh, my goodness, I can't believe that I'm going to be on set with these people. Um, you know, it was just very much about, um, you know, going home. And uh, so the time, the time on set, just observing the things that I observed and having a few nice, uh, quiet conversations with some of these folks uh, over those few days um, really meant a lot. And uh, I, I learned a lot. And it was probably the, the first large-scale project I ever worked on. Um, so, But if I had not been in that frame of mind, I probably would not have um, uh, been so forthcoming with with having these conversations with folks just because I you know I was in shock you know and and ordinarily if you're on a set of that size you're like okay you need to not engage these people (laughs) (laughs) yeah no I've been there I know what you mean you know and so there was a it it was memorable but for different weird ways um but very good ways and I um I got to see a lot of neat stuff you had a talk Spielberg working. I'm sorry. So it's gotta be cool to see um, Steven Spielberg working. Yeah, yeah. He has a he has some interesting things that he likes to do and and have on set. And uh, he was very very kind. Mm. Yeah. How about Tom Cruise? Yeah. Did you uh, any interaction with him? Any stories to tell about him? Um, no real stories. Uh, you know, we were in close proximity, but we didn't speak. Um, what was interesting, though, is the, the young man who played his uh, stand-in looked a lot like him. And if you were to take his, his face and break down individual features of eyes, nose, mouth, uh, face shape, height, body type, all of, all of those pieces were there. But when you put them together, it still didn't look like Tom Cruise. Right, right. But all the elements were there, so that was kind of interesting. <laughs> <laughs> so um, yeah, um, and then Colin Farrell was uh, was there, and I had never heard of him at the time. So yeah, like who's this Joker? <laughs> <laughs> and, but, then, uh, <laughs> and then the the, the mysterious uh, character of um, in Minority Report, played by Samantha Morton. I don't know if you encountered her, but yeah, she was. She was very nice. Um, quiet, intense, kind. Intense, yes. Yeah. For yeah. you Walking Dead fans, you know her as Alpha. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I know there's a few in this room for sure. Her, her eyes are extremely striking. Right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. Kara, I also see you have a, a project with Kevin Serbo uh, in the works called uh, Night's End. I do? Yeah, it's on <laughs> IMDb. <laughs> Congratulations, Karen. I guess you just got. I guess you got cast in something that you didn't know you got cast for. <laughs> uh, that that might have 
been a conversation that started a while ago and is still in the works. So I, I'm uh, still in development. I wish, yes. I wish I had more to tell, but you probably know more than I do. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's oh, rumored. <laughs> right. Yeah. Hey, I love that. Might show up. <laughs> Yeah, a few, few projects in the works, uh, possibilities, but obviously right now with COVID, everything is completely up in the air. Mm. That's, that's, yeah. that's absolutely, absolutely true. Tim, you actually have two projects that are related to the pandemic on your IMDb. Uh, coronavirus Perfect Storm and Coronavirus Patient Zero. So tell us about guessing, assuming that you shot these two projects during the uh, pandemic recently. Yes, there's actually... Um independent producer um, who I know, Kara knows as well. We've both done projects with him and he's been doing a few. Uh, he took a core cast and, and he's doing a trilogy. There'll be one more coronavirus movie later huh. uh, with, the, with the same people and that sort of uh, mitigates too much too much too many possible problems because we're we've been sorted together and then and he just uses the same people but then he puts us in different roles for each movie and that and uh-huh. part of that was to try to keep you know just keep things a little more controlled um, i thought it, i thought it was a great idea because you know how else can you continue shooting things and justify everyone wearing masks and you know, right so yeah and that in that particular movie we had a mask we all wore masks in the the uh, uh the first coronavirus movie yeah wouldn't that have been crazy if there was a ventriloquist on set and someone was saying somebody else's line so did you shoot this uh remotely like you know like like how we we are now, or is, or were you all together on a set where no, we were, were we were all ride lines. Okay. Yeah. Well, I don't. Yeah, I mean, relatively strict. Uh, everybody kind of took precautions that you know worked for them. And when I do these movies with them, I'm I stay in a hotel in my own room, and so basically I just go to set and I do the work, and then I go back and I kind of hang out in the room. There's not a lot open in this little town where we are, so you know it's not like we go out on the town or anything. I just basically right. go to the room. But I've done both. On Monday, I'm shooting a national commercial, and I'll do it right here on my computer. Oh um, wow, nice! Yeah, it's that? actually a, it's actually a sequel to to one uh, one I shot three months ago, and they want to do another one. So some of the things that are happening is people are writing things. So that it makes sense that you're hmm. like this commercial is written as if I'm a guy having a Skype or Zoom meeting with someone. Hmm. And so I've literally put my own lights up and shoot it and then I send them the raw footage. That's hmm. kind of the, the world we're living in right now. Wow. <laughs> so, But I also shot a commercial uh, about a, two months ago where they just did composites. So they shot close-ups, and mm. then they put everybody in the room. If you think uh, about it, digitally, not not physically. We, we were never all in the room physically. Without physically. Wow! Really? And if, if you think about it, when you record yourself, you're actually not only the actor, you're playing director of photography, you're playing camera operator. <laughs> oh, I thought about billing them. Uh, right. <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
everything. So you're you're playing all those aspects yeah. of that. Um, how about you, Kara? Have you worked uh, during the pandemic? Uh, a little bit here and there. Um, yeah. Most of the work that uh, that I do is voiceover. Um, and that, I, yes, yes, I, yes, yes. Tell people yes. I, I spend most of my days in a padded room, and uh, that's. <laughs> And that's the thing about voiceovers that that can still continue um, safely, right? It can. It can, yeah. yes. Yes. Um, so, Kara, Kara uh, is being modest. She's a voiceover star. She is a very, she, she works on a very high level. You guys mm. should. Uh, nice. Very cool. Wow. Mm. She's a big deal. Please share some of your – see, your IMDb, I guess, doesn't include all your voiceover accolades. But if you, if you could share a few of them for, with us. Actually, I, I don't think it lists any of them. Yeah. Um, just to share them with us. not really film or television related. Right. Um, I guess my most recent projects were um, Capital One, um, Waterpick. Uh, I do a lot of uh, – children's toy promotion uh, commercials um i do a lot of uh, corporate videos animation um trying to think of some recognizable i did something for dell um getting ready to do something tomorrow and i can't remember the name of the product <laughs> but uh you know a lot of automotive um hospitals uh it really just depends so. Very cool. Have you done any animation? Uh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Awesome. Awesome. Let's let's talk about some of those. Ah, uh, goodness. Um, well, there is a project that I've been working on um, recently, and it's I don't know if it's so much animated as it is it involves character work, and I play an owl named Ophelia. Nice. And um. Uh, let me see if I can find the, um, it's, I think it's Matthew and Ophelia's story time. Hmm. Um, and, um, it's, it's kind of a cute, a cute project, um, where it, it's really geared towards children and, uh, um, learning lessons and, uh, you know, it just, it keeps things very clean and, and you, um, it's educational. So, that is a project that I started doing recently. And you should name um, the character Al Soto. I'm sorry? You should name the character Al Soto. Oh, it's a, it's a joke <laughs> on my name, Al, yeah. Al Soto. Well, it's, it's, a, it's a lady bird, so okay. <laughs> I don't know how that would go. I mean, your wife. Al Ophelia? I don't know. Ali, Ali Soto. <laughs> yeah, um, it, it's called Matthew and Ophelia's Wonderful World of Fun. Mm. Oh, oh, cool. Oh, yeah. yeah awesome. so. I actually did see that on your IMDb. There you go. Mm -hmm. oh, and I, awesome. I, I, I met the gentleman who put that together uh, uh, through my niece, who is uh, just entering the world of voiceover. And uh, this young man is actually more known for his horror films. So <laughs> this is uh, quite a departure. Mm. Nice. Any um, advice for aspiring um, voiceover artists or maybe actors that want to kind of, you know, give the voiceover, uh, you know, my stuff a shot? 
My best advice is, um, in most cases, if you are sort of an outsider looking in, voiceover is not what you think it is. Um, I have so many people come to me and say, oh, I've been told I have a good voice, or I can do characters, and that's great. But more and more of the climate right now is just being the best version of yourself and being honest and sincere in your delivery. Um, so when people go into a recording booth and do a demo reel, they think they have to be like this wild and crazy, zany, extreme something or uh, just just you know superlatives of, of anything. And uh, it's it's that's really not the style anymore that I can tell. It's much more real, genuine, laid back, just more you. And uh, you'd be surprised. You'd be surprised uh, how minimalist uh, the style right now has become, what they're looking for. Hmm. Love that. That's great. And Tim. So for, um, for both of you working on um, independent films, the quality can differ greatly. Um, the, the professionalism. Has there ever been a case where you signed up to um, act in an indie film and you got there and you're like, this is just not, you know high quality like they, they don't know what they're doing like i gotta get out of here <laughs> that happened before? we don't have enough time for me to go over how many times <laughs> <that's happened. laughs> so there have been some regrets uh in your choosing certain projects what i actually no not not really regrets because you don't know until you get there and i've been doing this for so long that um, yeah. a weird way. I feel like I keep back when I'm doing independent projects, and if I have anything to say or you know advice to give or caution to you know because I've I've seen it, I I, I feel like it. it's never something I regret. But yes, there are times where I think, how many days am I on this? I can do this. I can. You know, you just get through it and you go on to the next project. Mm -hmm. <laughs> but that is not the case with James Berwick Films, of course. Not James, at all. I hope not. Very, Absolutely not. <laughs> very professional on set, like you said, the call sheet, everything from the schedule. Um, yeah, man. Uh, definitely um, looking forward to checking matters. out. Exactly. Looking forward to checking out this great film. Leading to Revelation, again, um, a faith-based drama with some dark undertones, mm -hmm. some great acting. Um, Definitely great acting. These uh, people right here. Yeah, a, a, a big WTF moment with the shooting. Mm -hmm. I guess I don't want to spoil too much. Yeah, but... don't, don't root there. <laughs> <laughs> but I'm glad. All right, well, I don't want to say anything more about the shooting. But, <laughs> but yes, I mean, uh, yeah. that was that was one of the highlights for me. Mm -hmm. um, and just, just uh, you know, it was two separate stories, but it made sense when it all came together in the end. Mm -hmm. I, love, I love how that ended. Um, and, uh, yeah, I mean, this is a... This is a very, very good film, guys. I, I'm really, uh, I was happy to get a sneak peek and uh, look forward to uh, checking it again on Amazon. And uh, of course, everybody can check it out on Amazon yes. come August 14th. Um, James, is there a possibility of a sequel? Are, are, are these characters done yet? 
Well, I can always write more. I just need more money. <laughs> <laughs> What's I've... going on with Tim and his mistress? You know? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. No more slapping. No right. more slapping. Wait, Tim and his who? Wait a second. <laughs> <laughs> Hold on there. Oh, sorry, Bill. Bill. I'm practicing. Yeah. Right. And uh, how is the how is the Jessica a, a reconciliation? Will there be a reconciliation? Yeah. How is the baby now? You know, right. <laughs> the baby's thriving. Yeah. yeah. Um, but yes, uh, again, but like I said, these these topics, drug use, uh, teenage pregnancy, um, contemplation of suicide, infidelity. Um, dealing with doubt and faith. Um, these are all just very, um, very real topics. And I'm glad that we, you could um, spotlight them in your film. So uh, kudos to everybody involved. Mm-hmm. All right. Awesome. Well, before we let every, uh, Lisa, Kara and Tim go, um, why don't um, everybody involved with the project do a little promo. Mm-hmm. Let us know who you are. Maybe throw out your, some of your uh, other accolades, maybe, uh, and then say uh, a plug for leading to Revelation on Amazon, and then let us know you're on Below the Belt, so we can go around. Starting okay. with Tim. Okay. Tim, Who wants to start? Who wants to start? <laughs> okay. Uh, um, Tim Ross and... Um... Uh, I've been around a long time. I think I don't know how many credits I have on IMDb, 90 or something like that. Um, and I love doing independent movies, and I loved working with James on Leading to Revelation. It is the kind of faith story and redemptive story that should be done more often, seen more often. So check it out. A passion in his work alone deserves an audience. So mm. hope he gets one. And I've really enjoyed being on Below the Belt as well. Thanks a lot for inviting me, you guys. Kara, yeah. can we get one from you? Ah, no pressure, right? <laughs> Hi, I'm Kara O'Brien. I play Trish in Leading to Revelation. I'm so glad to be on with you guys on Below the Belt. And, uh, Make sure you tune into Amazon and watch Leading to Revelation. It's going to be great. How about James and Aaron? You want to do a twofer? Yeah. All right, Aaron, you can go first. Hey, uh, I'm Aaron Angus. I play Mark in Leading to Revelation. Give it a little more. uh? Yeah, (laughs) and then you could say, I'm James. Yeah. Oh, I'm James. I'm the writer, director, producer, editor. And it was amazing working with all these people. And you guys should definitely come check it out on Amazon Prime this Friday, August 14th. And what show are you on now? I'm on the Below the Belt show. Yeah, it's been a Below the Belt. (laughs) Awesome. Awesome. Oh, Kara, I got to mention before I forget, um, a good buddy of ours here on Below the Belt, Johnny Alonzo. Ah, He worked with you on Destination Tomorrow. Yes. Which became NASA 360. Yes. Uh, yes. He, he mentioned that was one of the highlights of his career. Um, and I can imagine because it seemed like a really cool show to travel to all these locations and talk, you know, astronomy and science and, and things like that. How, how was that? Uh, I really enjoyed working on that show. And Johnny, of course, always was just a 
ball of sunshine. So he, he really was the, the, the fun zing in Destination Tomorrow and really made space um, really fun for folks that may not follow that normally. And he always got the, the fun, cool segment. So I always enjoyed watching him on that. Awesome. We'll have to check out Great. some of the archives of that show. Check you out on that. Thank you so much, uh, Kara and Tim, for being a part of Below the Belcher. I think James and Aaron is sticking with us for a few more minutes yeah. before we wrap up the show. Mm-hmm. All right. Well, thanks for being a part of us, uh, part of the Take show. Care. Thank you so much, you too. Absolutely. Good night. Good night, guys. Bye. Bye. Bye.